Welcome to this episode of Musings of the Sacred, hosted by myself, William Catling, and produced by Gillette Cervantes. Each week, we focus on thoughtful ways to engage life, the natural world, and God. In this, our ninth episode, our focus will be on what it means to become who we were intended to be. Let's explore this idea of becoming. It is just a few days after the winter holidays, and sometimes on a day like today, we feel a bit empty. It seems like after weeks and months of preparation and anticipation, Christmas and New Year's are over so quickly, or at least it feels that way. There is a kind of post-Christmas melancholy that can descend upon us. We work hard at pretending and going through the motions of post-celebration events, but the lights seem dimmer and the leftovers not as festive. But if Christmas and New Year's are all about celebrating a birth, then the real work of nurturing this life begins now. There is a transitional time after major events when we begin a new chapter and embark on a new era or start something that's new. The birth of a child is like that. For nine months, there's extensive preparation within the woman's body and in the home. And then there is birth, and now life will never be the same. Christmas is like that. We celebrate the birth of Christ, and then there is a long time of growth that follows. In the Gospels, Jesus spends 30-some years getting ready before he launches into his public discourse on how life should be lived in the new kingdom. What has been birthed in you this year? Are there some things that need your care as they begin a new life? New ways of thinking, new ways of being, maybe new ways of articulating what is most important to you. If you are not satisfied with this past year, now is a time to allow for the birth of something new. Allow it to be born deep in your spirit so that it can slowly grow into a sense of contentment, a sense of being. This process is described as one of becoming. It is the process of coming to be something or passing into a new state. Becoming is not just growth, but it refers to becoming what we were intended to be. Becoming is to set in motion a transformation that over time and with great commitment will reveal an inner life that is at peace, self-reflective, generous, patient, and content. It is like the early shoot of a fruit tree that takes many years before fruit is actually produced. It's a fruit tree that whole time, but the evidence comes after years of growth and development. So this is not a quick process. It is a slow and beautiful journey into maturity that embraces the joy of childhood while living out life in the most adult way. A living paradox of childlike wonder and the wisdom earned by the work of becoming. Use this time to set in motion a transformation, a, to birth what you have were intended to be, and now you can nurture into a reality. Winter can be a time of gray skies and low-angled light when the sun does reveal itself. The weather can have a sort of blanketing effect that softens sound and creates a muted sensibility. When we take a few minutes to just look at the sky, we can experience a richness that flows through these more subdued moments. 
When the skies are especially cloud-covered, it provides an opportunity to discover the variety of tones that occur in them. From soft, dove-like gray highlights to the deepest tones of charcoal and shadows hovering towards black. It translates the simplistic description of the term cloudy to the full spectrum of a tonally rich, textured sky. Now, you may not have clouds today, but they will return, and when they do, look carefully and possibly see them in all their glory for the first time. In this winter week after Christmas and the birth of the new year, we experience a wide range of emotional states, from the heights of joy to the depths of depression. There may be days where our inner landscape mirrors the overcast skies above us. It's normal to have what are called winter blues. And like the rich variety of tones in the clouds, our internal cloudiness is just as textured and incredible. The internal gray is a reminder to slow down and rest, take a nap, watch some old movies, or just drink a lot of hot tea on the couch. When these days of quiet hit us, it is okay to feel them fully and embrace a bit of sadness. I'm not referring to extensive clinical depression. That needs professional attention. If you find yourself there, please seek out help. I'm referring to what's called inner winter, a season like the others that we experience, summer, spring, fall. Each has its colors, sensibilities, and atmospheres. We often celebrate each other when summer is shining through and the glow of the spirit is infectious. We are less comfortable around people who are experiencing internal autumn or winter. We want to fix them. We want to cheer them up. Maybe we need to just sit with them and offer our supportive silence. What if we allowed each other to feel deeply each phase without judgment, without an answer as if there was a problem? What would it be like if someone asked how we were doing and we could just say, I'm having a winter day, and they would just nod in an understanding way? As the past year ends, many of us are glad to see it go. It was filled with difficulties and challenges. In thinking back over the past 12 months, there are clearly blessings and encouragement amidst the pain, as it is like most every year. It will be remembered for its many disappointments that sit alongside wonder and joy. And as in all transitions, there is hope that this next year will be better that we will find answers and solutions to the many issues we face. This embracing of transitions is a vital part of becoming a whole person. We want to grow into the person we were designed to be. Yes, we want to grow. We want to move beyond the places where we get stuck. Around this time of year, we usually create a list of things we want to change in the coming months. Sometimes they are referred to as goals or as resolutions, and often by February they are forgotten or denied or just a quiet buzzing in the back of our minds. There's nothing wrong with having goals and resolutions because they have the potential of becoming incentives for real change, but they rarely create the changes we look for. A resolution is defined as a firm decision or an action that solves a problem. So there's some important things for us to consider. 
Resolution is what is described as a firm decision. That means it has power. It has backbone or strength, resolve. It means that there is whatever support needed to come to fruition. It's also referred to as an action, something that happens in real time and space. This most likely means the list should be short and only include the goals that are actionable and that ones we feel most resolute about. Make your list thoughtfully and include only the most important areas you want to see growth in this new year. The word resolution comes from Latin meaning to loosen or release. In order for there to be substantial and lasting growth, we need to let go of and release the things that block us. Resolution is not just what we want added to our lives, but also what we want to be released from. This kind of change is not easily come by. It usually involves us reaching the end of our ability to make any real change and a letting go enough to allow God to become a powerful agent for personal transformation. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. God has plans that include our well-being and gives us hope for an unknown future. So reevaluate your list and select just one or two items that you could focus on this year and explore how real growth can become part of your life. Look for a more balanced, healthy way of seeking change, firm decision-making, and releasing what cannot be handled alone. Take bold steps in becoming more whole in this next year. This usually means we have to embrace a bit of sadness. To become real, it means we come to terms with the joys and the sorrows of our lives. Arthur Marjorie Williams Bianco in her book, The Velveteen Rabbit, reveals the process of becoming our sacred selves. The following dialogue is from this wonderful children's story. Real isn't how you are made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? asked the velveteen rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once, like being wound up, he asked, or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. You become, says the skin horse. Yes, it's about becoming real, being transformed by life and especially by love. It does not happen quickly or without risk. And yes, it does hurt along the way. It is especially important that we love 
as we receive love in the process of becoming our real self. With lots of love comes change and our sharp edges get worn away and pieces come loose as we are slowly worn down by love. This year, be more intentional about becoming your real sacred self.